tonight specifically. I'm back into our study here and I'm figuring out the pace because we're, we're six psalms through. Like I said, I feel like we'll be here throughout this year up through the 40th, 41st psalm. We'll see this first part. But Psalm 6, the thought tonight, the title of the message, Seeking Mercy in the Night. Seeking Mercy in the Night. This is the first psalm you'll come to that you'll find is a psalm of repentance for sin. And David says there in Psalm 6, verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me, in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? This verse, verse 6 right here, is what struck the chord that, that started my thought process and my prayer for this message. Verse 6, I am weary with my groaning all the night. Make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eyes consume because of grief. grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for these folks that have come tonight to break the bread of life together to study your word. God, I pray that you would bless us and I pray that you would help us. I pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. God, I pray that you would illuminate uh, your precious light upon this word as we study from uh, this precious psalm. We pray, God, that we would seek mercy in the night. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're a saved Christian, then I imagine you appreciate, or at least once in your life, have appreciated conviction. Amen. Amen. At some point in time, you have appreciated conviction I remember one time in in school uh, we was in a uh, in a shop class and a boy I think I was in the seventh grade and there was a boy uh, took a rock and threw it across the parking lot and busted a window out of a back car a back window out of a car and uh, come come down to Josh Boyd doing it he said he told the teacher that I did it and that teacher come to me and uh, a lost man, he was a lost man, he come to me and he said, Josh, did you throw the rock that busted the window out of that car? I've got two people telling me that you did it. And I said, there's two things about me doing that, that I, the reason why I wouldn't do that. I said, first, when I, get, when I got home from busting the window out of somebody's car, I would have got beat to a pulp. And I'm not talking about 2023 discipline. I'm talking about old school beat to a pulp. Actually, three things. I'd probably I'd have had to go replace it. I'd have been mowing grass all summer to replace that window. And the other thing was, I told him, I said, I'm a Christian. 
And I believe the Spirit of God would have convicted me for doing something so wrong. So I can guarantee you, I didn't do it. Number one, because there's discipline. And number two, because the Spirit of God would convict me for doing something wrong like that. And so David here, he's talking about sin and don't necessarily know the sin he's talking about. But he says in verse 6, he says, I'm weary with my groaning. All the night make I, make I my bed to swim. We was on our way home the other night and it was about 9.30. We were uh, uh, almost to Upward Road and, and Riley, it was dark and Riley said, Mama, where's the sunshine? Mama, where's the sunshine? And uh, she said, well, it's dark. And he said, where's the sunshine? She said, it's gone. It, it's, it's nighttime. And that struck my heart, and I told Shelby right there after that, I said, read Psalm 6. And so we was trying to get into McDonald's, and she was pulling out the Bible and reading Psalm 6 to me. And uh, we read this, and we got to this verse, and uh, I kind of scared everybody in the car. I would made a big old clap. And I said, there it is right there. There it is. Because David, he's here in this position. He said, I make my, make I my bed to swim. What he's saying is I'm tossing and I'm turning and I can't get any rest and I can't get any sleep because the mighty hand of God is coming down on me. The conviction for the sin of my life is breaking down on me. And I thought right there, there's, where's the sunshine? Where's the sunshine? What did he say back in, uh, uh, in our previous chapter, back into Psalm 4? He said, There be many that say who will show us any good. Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. David, I believe he's saying, I'm tossing, I'm turning, I can't get any rest, and I want to know where the sunshine is. Lord, I need you to come back in my life because I've sinned against you. I've done something wrong, and your hand is down on me mightily. And what does he say back there in verse 1? O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. David was seeking mercy in the nighttime, and he didn't want the mercy of God coming down the way that the... Uh, he wanted the mercy of God. He wasn't seeking the justice of God. He was seeking the mercy of God. Lord, come down on me, but, but, but love me your child when you bring down uh, uh, judgment on me. Give me your mercy. Show me your mercy because I can't keep going this way. Rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Uh, Spurgeon said, corn is cleaned with wind and the soul with chastenings. Corn is cleaned with wind and the soul with chastenings. Uh, I read back in years ago, Especially in Europe, they they would pure. They had a process of uh, with their corn of purify, purification, and they used the wind, and and the same the wind would uh, purify that corn. Our soul is purified with the chastening of God. If if you're having trouble sleeping some night, now I, hey, I'm somebody. I, I I'm a night owl. I'm up late. That's just my nature. That's how I am. And uh, Brother Scotty was talking to me yesterday morning. He said he had a few cups of coffee uh, Friday night, and he, he was up 2 o'clock in the morning, and I think he was painting. Wasn't you up painting? He was up working 2 o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep because uh, of the caffeine. Well, David wasn't up because of caffeine. David wasn't up because he was a night owl. He was up because he had something between him and God that needed to be made right. And I prayed, Lord, that I don't get so far away from you that I'm able to sleep. Uh, when I'm away from you, when I'm not in, uh, uh, when I'm not in relation with you, when I'm not uh, uh, in in intimate conversation with you throughout my day, and I and, and I'm, I'm I'm away from God in my relationship with Him, I pray that I'm not able to sleep 
when I lay my head down at night. I pray that, Lord, make me so sensitive to your spirit that, that I can't even lay down and rest, that I might make the bed as to, as to swim in my bed because I can't sleep because you're showing me through your Holy Spirit and convicting me from my wrongdoings. Don't let me go to sleep, Lord. Hey, it's not his will that we do, but, man, we can get a far away, we can get a ways away from God. I've laid down at night and got up the next morning and realized I had sin between me and God. And realize, man, had I not made it through the night, I'd have went to heaven. But man, there would be something between me and God that I didn't make right. Going back to this morning, uh, is it not important that we not let the sun go down on our wrath with our spouses, our brethren, and those around us? That we uh, preserve the relationship with those around us? It's the same with God. Lord, make me sensitive that I can't sleep if there's something between me and you. Spurgeon, he also said, If thou remindest me of my sin, it is good, but oh, remind me not of it as one incensed against me. And David says in verse 1, where he says, Remute me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. And he says, verse 2, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? David had a few issues. His sin was affecting his life. His sin was affecting him physically, where he says that he is sore vexed. It was affecting him spiritually, where he says, my soul is sore vexed. And in verse 6, he says, I'm weary with my groaning. It was emotionally affecting him. So his sin had gotten a hold of him, and it was eating him alive. But thank God for conviction. Thank God for conviction. You know, there's a lot of Christians out there, you get... They get kind of numb to two things, and they get numb. And I've been that person before, where I'm just kind of numb to the conviction of God, to the Spirit of God, where I'm just kind of so far away and so careless that it doesn't come to me and bother me. But David, man, he was feeling it in his body, in his bones. His very bones were vexed. His spirit was sore vexed. And he emotionally, he's weary with his groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. There was a lot of things affecting David and his sin. So his distress, his distress, he says, deal with me mercifully, Lord. Oh, Lord, heal me. He's asking God to restore those things that have been taken away. Verse 4, return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, save me for thy mercy's sake. Save me for my, thy mercy's sake. Uh, for my, thy mercy's sake, what a plea that is. How prevalent it is with God. If we turn to justice, what plea can we urge? But if we turn to mercy, we may still cry, notwithstanding the greatness of our guilt, save me for thy mercy's sake. We do not in our sins seek the justice of God, but rather the mercy of God. When we're in our sin and and you're, you're making your bed to swim, and, and you're crying on your pillow, and you're, you're, you're under the hand of God in conviction, I'm not seeking the justice of God. I don't want the justice of God. You know what justice is for sin? Damnation. David wasn't seeking that. He was seeking the mercy of God. Maybe looking back to the time in his life he had been forgiven of his sin before and, and, and the great, one of the greatest sins we think of in, in the life and, and I've told you we're going to get there and I'm, I'm tempted to get there Sunday morning, maybe, I don't know, but 
thinking about David and how he loses himself with Bathsheba and he, and he becomes a sinful man with Bathsheba and he becomes a sinful man with Uriah the Hittite, her husband, and, and how he just loses control of himself and he gets numb. And what did God do? God sent Nathan to him. And God explained to David uh, through Nathan and prophesied to David through uh, uh, Nathan and kind of set him straight, didn't he? Thank the Lord that God will send people to come and set us straight. I've told you and I'll tell you again. You see something, I'm walking out of line, you come tell me. I want you to. We should be able to hold each other accountable. You think, well, you're the preacher. That's all the, I set the standard for the whole place, folks. If you see me stepping out of line, come talk to me. Let's try to make it right. I want to, I want my path made straight before me. David, I think that's what he's searching for. But he's saying, Lord, make my path straight, but show me your mercy. Man, when we start to take account, when conviction comes, when we begin to take account the mercy of God and the justice we deserve. I've said before, Adam and Eve, you think about sin in the garden, God could have just crumpled them up, threw them in the old trash can. We'll start over. But he didn't. He didn't. They realized their nakedness and their sin, and what did he do? He went and we see a picture of Christ. That early in God's word, he goes and he slaughters an animal and takes the skin to cover their nakedness. Praise God. Praise the Lord for his mercy. You know why he has the mercy? Because he has the love. And David, he's, he can't sleep and he's crying and, and, and he's vexed. His bones hurt, his soul hurts, his, his emotions hurt. And he's saying, Lord, just once again, show me your mercy. We're seeking mercy in the night. David's seeking mercy in the night. You know what, in the morning, as we've preached recently, in the morning, that's the, man, that's a beautiful time to sup with God. But there's nothing darker than the night without him. There's nothing darker than the night without him. You ever had one of those nights? I mean, I can have just a toss and turning kind of night and start finding things I need to get right. There's something about the relationship we have with God when we get up in the morning that's just so intimate and so beautiful. But there's something about the darkness of night that reveals to us the ungodliness and uncleanliness in our lives. That dark night. I don't care. I'm a grown man. And that dark night, there's something about it that brings out something to me, Jeremy, that I'm just, where's the sunshine? Where's the sunshine? Mama, Daddy, where's the sunshine? You know, even little Riley, he's starting, he's getting big enough. He don't like it. We live out we're in our, our house, man. It's dark. It's another kind of dark out where we live. And uh, I, I remember we moved in. We live in Shelby's uncle's house. And uh, we live right beside the road. And there'd been people breaking in around us. And, and there's a, you know, a slew of houses right around us. And uh, I asked him, I said, what about putting up a booger light behind the house? He said, son, we're in the country. I'm like, you think, I just called it a booger light. I know we're in the country. And another thing is, you don't know dark. There's a spot down below our house. You walk down through the field, man, you can get pitch black dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face. I think about that when I was a kid and being outside in the dark. I didn't like it. Even today, laying in my bed at home, the darkness. I don't know, those sleepless nights, I feel a long ways away from God. It doesn't feel like the morning. You see the the light peek up above the trees, you hear the birds begin to sing, it don't feel like the morning, does it? 
Nighttime, that's when the, the main critters are out. That's when the predators are out. That's when, when the nefarious people are out. There's something about the night. Where's the sunshine? Where's the sunshine? David, he'd have took a booger light. He wanted some sunshine. Because he said he made his bed to swim. All through the night. And I believe it was every night for a while. I don't think this was just a, I think he had been dealing with this sin in his life. You start taking away and losing sleep. Amen. We just had that last night. Rapture happened to half the church. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm glad you're here. There's some people that ain't here, and I'm not saying it's because of the, the time change. I'm just joking. But, you know, the time change, it's, that can be a hard one. It takes you a couple days. Some people, you won't see them for a week because they just they can't handle it. But the night, the short night, time without sleep, that wears on us, don't it? This time, and the reason I say this wasn't just a one-night thing is because David said his bones were vexed. And he says his soul was vexed. And he says that he was weary in his groaning. That's not something that happens overnight, folks. You don't vex your bones overnight. Your soul, hey, your soul can get vexed pretty quick. But I believe vexed, I believe that's saying it's exhausted. It's exhausted. I can have a sleepless night here and there. Get me a good night's rest and I'm good to go. I think this is kind of a consistent thing for a while. He was wrestling with his sin in the night. There's some, some things that will bother you too. They won't bother you till it gets dark. Everybody goes to bed. Everything gets quiet. Here comes the devil. He loves it, don't he? It's like somebody said about fungus. The way you get rid of fungus is you pull it out into the light. The devil, he's a fungus, ain't he? He loves it. He loves it. He loves the dark. He can grow in the dark. He can make you fear in the dark. The sun shines again. It's a promise of a new day, ain't it? But in the dark, man, he'll wear on you. I believe we get vexed in body, in spirit, and our emotion in the dark. Where's the sunshine? As he says back there in Psalm 4, we need the countenance of the Lord to shine upon us once again. That's what we should be seeking when we're seeking mercy in the night. We seek mercy of God first. Lord, don't come to me and, and deal justice into me because I'm going to plead the blood of Christ. Thankfully, we don't have to face justice if we're saved, but Lord, shine your light upon me again. Let the sun shine back on me once again seeking mercy in the night is looking for the day looking for the sun to shine look at the the psalms that we've read concerning David recently how that they're about him sleeping through the night what happened when Absalom comes and runs him out of Jerusalem sleeps like a baby through the night when he gets up in the morning he's Psalm 5, he gets up in the morning and he springs up and he's praying and he's praising God. Oh, in the morning, oh, in the morning. Man, what a quick turn. It's funny when we're on God's side, we can sleep through anything. But when we have sin in our lives, we're vexed in our bones, vexed in our spirit, and emotionally weary. 
seeking mercy in the night, looking for the sunshine in, the, in, the, in our distress. Verse 5, it says, For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? Song, one man said, Songs of gratitude cannot rise from the flaming pit of hell. I don't believe God was going to leave David, but he was getting close to feeling that way. He was getting close to feeling that way. And he was as close to hell as he'd ever get. But he says, For, death, for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee, thee thanks? The distress of David. And the despair, as we read at verse 6, I'm weary with my groaning all the night. I make my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. I kind of looked at this and kind of went back and looked at it. The couch, essentially that root word in the Hebrew, uh, being kind of being the bed, a bed. Uh, the bed's a place of rest. Yet he received no rest in that bed. He's drowning. He's drowning in his conviction and his despair. He's tossing and he's turning, but what else is he doing? He's crying on his pillow. I water my couch with my tears. And what does it say in verse 7? Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old. This is the physical toll it's taken on him. The hand of conviction on him for his sin is wearing him out. Should we not be thankful for it? Should we not be thankful for that conviction? Look at what he prays. That's his despair, but look at his deliverance. Look what he prays. My, uh, verse 8, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. He finds his deliverance. And he's praying away his demons. And he's saying, depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Although he had sinned, thank the Lord we serve a merciful God. He had sinned against God. He had offended God. He had done wrong against God. And he listened and he was sensitive to the conviction that was coming on him. What I'm telling you today is if you've been missing some sleep, it might not just be that caffeine you had. You've been missing some sleep, it might not be just because you're a night owl. Pray that you're sensitive to the spirit that the conviction of God would come down on you because that is a sign of God's mercy. You say, well, I don't like conviction. I'm telling you what, I know a lot of people that don't like conviction. There's people, they'll flat out run away because they don't like conviction. Amen, Isla, she's paying great attention tonight. People don't like conviction. Hey, I don't like it either. I don't. Because you know what? Conviction makes me face the fact that I'm wrong about something. Whether it's my opinion or my action. It makes me face the fact that I'm wrong about something. But you know what? It's God's mercy bestowed upon me. Because he could just smite me dead. I mean, just take me off of the earth. 
I'm thankful for the mercy of conviction because I've been in sin before in my life and it's been prolonged and I've lived in it and I, like the prodigal son, I've just got to the point where the only thing left was the shucks that the pigs was going to eat. That'd be my next meal. And God convicted me of my sin. God drawed me back. And what, is it, what does the word say? He put a robe on me, puts a ring on my finger, new shoes on my feet. Let's kill the fatted calf. That's mercy right there. But I saw a video recently. It was a woman. She made fun of the Lord, and she fell down and had a heart attack on the stage. She was a comedian. She was making fun of the Lord, and before she got out of her chair, she fell flat on her back, had a heart attack. Younger woman. I'm telling you what. Thank you, Lord, for the mercy. When we think about sinning against God and how he convicts his children and how he gives them uh, uh, just consistent mercy and how he's long-suffering for us, he don't deal that same way with the world every time. So there's times just in a moment. And there, I've seen Christians. I've had experiences in my life. Just in a moment, God deals with it. But thank the Lord for his long-suffering grace and mercy. Because that could be us. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't know if that, I don't think that woman passed away, but my goodness. That's, a, that's fast. She didn't have a chance to be convicted. She got up and hit the floor. Scary. That's how reckless we are sometimes. And that's David had been reckless in his life. He'd sinned against God. And God was long-suffering. But David was still vexed. He was seeking mercy in the night. And he praised the prayer of deliverance. Depart from me. You know, that's the easiest way to deal with the devil. Depart from me. And then give him God's word. We talked about Christ being tempted earlier today. What did he do? Satan twisted his word, and he used God's word to defeat the devil. And that run him off. Depart from me. You know what? When I can't sleep, whether it's caffeine, whether it's sin, or whether it's like you just can't sleep, get a hold of God's word. Get a hold of God's word. Or a paintbrush, one, brother. Amen. One or the other. Get a hold of God's word. You spend time with God, you'll get to that depart from me. You'll be praying that prayer. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. You know what, David, he, he did some foolish things. And we like to point out all the bad things he did, but he was a faithful man. He was a faithful man. He says, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Do we not live in an instant gratification society? I mean, I told you we was going to McDonald's, but there's four, line, four cars in the line. We kept on going. I ain't waiting four cars in the line. That was 9.30 and we had two kids in the car, but impatient. Impatient. For a, for a, do, for a dollar burger that ain't worth 10 cents, just going to be honest with you. And that's anywhere you go. Just impatience. David, I believe, can teach us something here. The Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. David wasn't waiting on a, on a confirmation. He wasn't waiting on a red receipt for you younger folks. He wasn't waiting on that. He knew God heard him. When you're seeking mercy in the night, and you're swimming in your bed and you're crying on your pillow, in grace and mercy, a humble heart, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, if you ask him to forgive you, 
He's faithful and just to do so, and he will. That's the beautiful thing. He will, and he wants to. You seek mercy in the night, you don't have to wait on a confirmation. You don't have to wait on a letter to come in the mail. I'm glad heaven doesn't work on an on a operator line. Operator, i got to call again. Get a hold of the Lord. I need some mercy. I need some grace. I need to know if he received a message. You don't always get instant gratification, but he'll hear you. He'll hear you. If you come with a humble and an honest heart. And he says finally there in verse 10, Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Church, we, I spent many years in, Shelby kind of grew up in a little bit. There's a woman that went to that church. And that church is the reason I fell in love with Mountain View because it's so much like Mountain View Baptist Church. So I love you. But I love you because you knitted my heart together, kind of bridged the gap between that church. It's been refreshing to be in a church like that. But there was a woman that went there and the spirit would get to moving and people would be in the altar and, and people we'd be singing and it'd be 2 o'clock and we knew, hey, nobody's going to be at the steakhouse. We're all right. We'll just keep going. There's a woman, she'd say, she'd say, shame on you, devil. Shame on you, devil. Shame on you, devil. That's what David said. Let, thine, let all mine enemies be ashamed, sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Shame on you. You know, you start that night. There's something about that first, first hour for me. Can't sleep. I'm like, well, I'll get there eventually. And then the second hour, and I'm like, come on now. Go find me some melatonin. Third hour, Lord, did I do something wrong? But you know, there's just that, that time. The, the, the further into the night you get, the further into the night you get, you look at the clock, it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. That's when it just that darkness sets in on me, on my spirit. That, that Oh, my goodness. You've got to go find something to do. That darkness will come in on you. But just know, when you seek mercy in the night, you can always end at verse 10. Shame on you, devil. That sun, it's coming up again. Where's the sunshine? It's a few hours away, but it's on its way. It's on its way. Seeking the devil, or seek, seeking the devil, seeking mercy in the night. Heard a story about Martin Luther. I've been pre I promise I'm not going to convert, try to convert anybody to Lutheran, but Luther, he said, uh, or there was a story on an occasion. He had wrestled hard with God in prayer. He came leaping out of the closet crying, Victimus, victimus, that is, we have conquered. We have prevailed with God. David, he come out of this prayer prevailing with God. Remember, those few hours set in of sleeplessness. Remember, the sunshine's coming. One way or the other, on this side or the other, the sunshine's coming. And if you get out of it on this side, you can come out with joy saying, we have conquered. Who's we? Me and God. We have conquered. Amen. That's what I got. You have the message? Stand with me for just a moment, if you will. 
I wonder if anyone has a word or anything special on their heart. I've been getting a lot out of the psalms. And we're just six psalms through. It's been a blessing.